Welcome, Dragons, to episode 18 of the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast. We are gearing up for San Diego Comic-Con coming up here in a few weeks. Got a lot of really good stuff happening. And if you happen to be in San Diego, you will be able to see today's guest. Her name is Katie Cook. She is a comic book writer and artist. She has worked for Marvel, uh, most well-known. She just concluded about 40 issues for My Little Pony. I love My Little Pony. The comics are absolutely uh, hysterical and great, and there's so many little homages to popular culture. Uh, Katie and I discussed that a little bit on the podcast. But Also, go to our show notes, and you can see all the places you can see Katie. She also just released a Star Wars children's book called ABC-3PO. So if you have kids, if you know someone who has kids, go ahead and pick that up on Amazon and share the love of Star Wars. All right, enjoy the episode. Workout nerd out. In the basement, rolling dice. Good morning, or good afternoon, or good evening, dragons, whenever you happen to be listening to this. Kenny Rotter here. Welcome to another episode of the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast, where we mix nerd and fitness culture to break down barriers. Today, I am joined by Katie Cook from katiekindraw.com. Hi, Katie. Good. How are, how are you? I am doing really well. It is the middle of the week. It is a Wednesday, and I'm just in full <laughs> swing. <laughs> I'm in full San Diego Comic-Con prep mode. So. Oh, you are going to be at SDCC? Uh, I think it's going to be my 12th one. Oh, wow. In a row. Uh, yeah. Excellent. Um, but yeah, it's uh, prep for that show since it's so huge tends to start weeks and weeks beforehand. So my, my oh, entire yeah. house is a wreck covered in books <laughs> and prints and uh, – <laughs> And and you just you have to transport all that stuff. Do you ship it or do you drive? Um, I don't drive because I I live in Michigan. Of course, it's in uh, San Diego, California. Yeah. Um, it's the one show of the year since I tend to take so much stuff and paper and books are so heavy um, that I splurge on a first class flight because you can take three checked bags that are up to seventy pounds. <laughs> oh, excellent. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then not only do I get to drink wine um, while I fly for five hours, <laughs> but then I have all my inventory with me because I also it's the only show where I bring my original art uh, for sale. So I want to have that on the plane with me. I don't like to ship it. Okay. You're going to be there all four and a yes. half days? And then I fly directly from there to another show in Honolulu. Um, so I'm flying directly from San Diego to Honolulu, so I'll be gone for two weeks. Wow. Which I know everyone thinks that sounds glorious and relaxing, (laughs) but I'm sure when you go to those places for cons and for events, you're It is. It's work. And I'm, I'm terrible because I hate warm weather and I hate humidity and I hate sand (laughs) and I, I hate the ocean. (laughs) So I am I am the true definition of a Canadian um, 
So. I love it. And you're about to spend two weeks in San Diego and oh, I, My yes. husband is so excited because he's like, oh, we could go swimming in the ocean. I was like, no. <laughs> well, have a good, have, you know, have a few Mai Tais. I just, uh, yeah, I want to sit on a nice, like, concrete deck with <laughs> a bar and I will look at the ocean. And then when it gets too hot, I want to go into the air conditioning where there's a window to look at the ocean. Um, cause I get, I have a couple of days before the con starts. Um, and then of course I'll be inside in a convention center the whole time. But yeah, my husband's like, Oh, we can go shark diving. I was like, I have heard stuff about shark diving that will turn you pale as a sheet. Oh my God. We're not doing that. Yeah. It's like, Oh, we could wake up at 4am and hike up this mountain. You can do that. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Me and your husband would get along famously. <laughs> And you and my wife can just stay inside or stay yep, out of the I would, I'm, it's like, it's like when I work out, it's inside <laughs> and he is, you know, like an avid biker and he's like, Oh, let's get on the bikes and take the kids for a ride. I was like, uh, nope. <laughs> uh, that's, I got, that's really I got a couch. This couch needs to be sat on. Do you know how much we paid for this couch? I'm going to use it. So... <laughs> I have to get my full value out of this couch. Exactly. I got to work on my butt groove. <laughs> Although I could spend the next half hour talking to you about couches because we just bought a new couch, but I don't think that would be for a very interesting podcast. <laughs> it's like, okay, so what style was it? <laughs> <laughs> Where'd you get it? So I'll describe the color. Is it microfiber? It's easier to clean. <laughs> Right. And then people just are like, click <laughs> off. Um, no. So I am familiar with your work through uh, your writing of the My mm -hmm. Little Pony comics. Yep. Um, but you do so much more. So can you tell me and everyone out there listening just who you are? Tell us a little bit about yourself and what you got. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So of course, um, I, I was kind of one of the main writers for the My Little Pony comic series for IDW for almost four years. I wrote, I think, 24 plus issues of that book, um, starting with issue one. Um, I wrote the very first issue and then pretty, pretty much um, most of them up until issue 42 um, a couple weeks ago, which was kind of my last issue uh, for a while. And then I've also... Uh, done work for Marvel. Um, I did stuff for the Spider-Verse um, and a couple of miscellaneous stories here and there. And I've done some covers for them. And I also have been working kind of on and off with Lucasfilm for about the past 10 years doing stuff. I used to do the Clone Wars webcomic for StarWars.com and then I would create content for StarWars.com, whether it be the e-cards. And now I illustrate Star Wars children's books. Um, ABC 3PO actually came out last week, um, which is a book that I worked on with them. And then I'm currently drawing the sequel to that called Obi-Wan 2-3, uh, <laughs> uh, which is really super fun. And uh, I've done a, like a thing or two for DC, uh, tons of, of smaller projects for other companies. Um, and then my webcomic Grunk, um, which is my creator-owned project. And I'm currently working on another creator-owned project right now. Um, that I can't, I don't think I can mention anything about until San Diego and then another project for another larger company that I can't really say anything about until San Diego. So I have a lot of stuff. 
<laughs> well, I am excited to learn about all of those things, uh, and hopefully I'll be able to tweet it out uh, at San Diego Comic-Con so everyone can stay uh, informed about those two projects you got going on. Oh, yeah. They'll be super fun. Can I tell you an interesting story about mm-hmm. Gronk? So when I first saw the Gronk webcomic, or I first heard about it, I actually, to be fair, I have not read read it, but I was just like, Gronk? Why would anyone make a webcomic about the football player? And then I was like, I bet it's hilarious. Uh, Have you gotten I have. And, you know, it's so funny because I started the comic uh, officially about five years ago, which was kind of before his reign for his team (laughs) came in. And uh, before that, I had been doing little cartoons of Gronk back in my live journal. That was a thing um, since oh. <laughs> since I was in college, which is like 2001, 2002. So Gronk as a named character has been around since then. So I kind of have this thing when people mention it, I was like, oh, mine was there first. Darn it. <laughs> and then uh, last year when the football player Gronk was in the Super Bowl, it was so funny because, um, you know, the whole deflate gate thing happened and the NFL network was scrambling for content because the New England Patriots canceled all of their press stuff. They were like, no one gets to talk to anybody. So the NFL network called me like out of the blue and this producer was like, uh, we need to come up with a couple of spots before the Super Bowl. Uh, and we noticed that your comic is named Gronk. And I was like, Yes. And they're like, so we're doing this little piece about other things named Gronk besides the football player. And I was like, oh, my God, I don't want to do this. And my brother's like, you have to do this. So two days later, like the like the interviewer guy, like the, the guy that works for the NFL Network and this producer and this camera crew of like four people showed up at my house from Los Angeles to film this tiny little segment about my comic named Gronk. And then they were asking me all of these football questions because they're like, okay, now draw Gronk in a Gronk's jersey um, so we can <laughs> film it. So I did. And I was like, what team is he on? And they were like, the New England Patriots, Katie. I was like, okay, what's his number? And they're like, didn't you look at any of this beforehand? I was like, no, I'm not going to pretend I know what this is. And. Thank uh, God they didn't use some, you know, they filmed for like an hour and they only used like seven minutes of it. But there was at one point they were like, who do you want to win? I was like, I don't know. Who are they playing? And they were like, Seattle. And I was like, oh. Seattle. I like that city. That's a great city. <laughs> and then they were asking me about football because I think he was like, let's talk to the idiot about the sport she doesn't know anything about. And they were like, well, how do you play football? So I started describing Quidditch. <laughs> that that makes me so happy this is the only sport i'm familiar with i'm sorry and of course my brother (laughs) runs the university of michigan like sports blog so he is just like he's he's mortified that he's related to me at this point that's that's so great though and honestly i'm looking at some of the the gronk images just some of their mm-hmm. cartoons and i'm like he has a lot of characteristics similar to the football <laughs> player like when he gets really excited about it's <laughs> got a very thick neck 
they not? Yeah. <laughs> so I can see some similarities. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, but I also think that you could probably interchange the two and the comic would still work. Just because Gronk's that type of oh. <laughs> Um, Yeah. Oh, gosh. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I haven't laughed that hard that, this early in a very long okay. time. <laughs> um, so tell us about one of your heroes, either a fictional hero, superhero, your favorite Quidditch player, <laughs> or source of inspiration. Um, God, you know, it's... um. I guess my biggest hero in my life is always going to be my dad. My dad is, you know, like, you know, just amazing. But that's because when little tiny Katie, back when she was in kindergarten, was like, I want to be a cartoonist for a living. You know, he's an engineer. He was very high up at General Motors, and he didn't be, you know, he wasn't like, uh, that's a terrible idea. He was like, all right, <laughs> you do you, kid. Um, and then, you know, it's like my parents never treated you know, me wanting to be an artist for a living as a phase. And I know so many other people are like, oh, my parents never really supported it or they really encouraged me to get a different job and do artwork part time. Uh, both of my parents were just like, all right, you want to be a cartoonist? Oh, let's let's go to Michael's and buy you every single art supply in the store. Um, and then in high school, you know, I was always doing cartoons for my projects instead of papers and, you know, trying to think of a, a way to incorporate you know, uh, making comic books into whatever I was doing. And then I told my parents, I was like, I'm going to go to art school. And my parents immediately were like, okay, let's find you the best one that there is. And they, you know, out of their own pocket, I didn't even need to do student loans. They took out a second mortgage on their house to, you know, send me to art school. Um, and never the whole time were they like, well, maybe you should pick something that's like lucrative, Katie. Um, <laughs> Well, of wow. course, and with my brother, they they let him get a philosophy degree. So it says a lot about the patience <laughs> and understanding of my parents <laughs> that they're they were very uh, supportive. That's well, a that's excellent. B that's such great commitment from them, <laughs> um, and that's wonderful. I remember uh, one time I went to one of my mentors in college and I was like, I'm interested in a philosophy major. And I was a business major at that point. And his first response was, who is she? <laughs> and I was like, okay, so you're saying don't be. <laughs> yep. And then he's like, he was like, do a minor. And he, he very much like he was a philosophy mm -hmm. professor. He just didn't think the way I thought would I wouldn't be successful in the way my college's philosophy department taught, mm -hmm. if that yeah. makes sense. So, but yeah, my thankfully my brother did go back and get a master's of accounting, so he's he's gainfully <laughs> employed. So, <laughs> well, and and now he can philosophize about yeah. numbers, <laughs> which I think he just does in a sports way. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well. Honestly, I could we could talk money and sports, but I can tell it's not your thing. Uh, I can make up things. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's talk about the salaries of Quidditch players. Uh, well, no. they probably uh, so, make so many galleons a, a game. 
So I got kind of a little bit of an idea about this, but what are your favorite areas of nerdiness? Um, probably, you know, you know, I, I do. I love Harry Potter has just come on so strong, you know, since I, I discovered it back probably around the third book. And I was I was older than that, that mindset, you know, which is so funny because I was not the target audience. But my mom, who, you know, was a librarian and then was an educator, you know, was like, have you heard of these Harry Potter books? And I was like, no, what are you talking about? And then she gave me the first one. And then, you know, we as a family kind of devoured them as they came out. Um, so I kind of got to be part of it as it was new, which is, is different because I didn't get that with, you know, some of the other things that I really, really love. I really love the Muppets. Um, I'm a gigantic Jim Henson nerd. Um, and then it's Star Wars. You know, Star Wars is a, a lifelong love that I've really turned into a career, um, which is kind of crazy. And, you know, I collect Star Wars toys and I collect Muppet <laughs> replicas <laughs> and then all of this other stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and now I kind of get this really great opportunity because now that they've, they've really come full on with new star wars stuff because even with the prequels it wasn't like yay new star wars oh god what's that jar jar guy no no okay no uh yeah. okay i can pretend to like this um i i like <laughs> ian mcgregor let's let us have more of him on things but then you know with force awakens you know it's it's this whole new generation of star wars which is really great and now i have kids and one of my oldest is five and it's amazing because, you know, with Clone Wars and Rebels, you know, being so focused on Ahsoka as a female lead and Force Awakens being focused on Rey, I now get to live vicariously through her discovering Star Wars. So it's like I'm discovering Star Wars all over again. Um, so it's that, that new love being pushed into everything star wars right now so it's yeah. it's kind of amazing to watch her you know walking around the house with a lightsaber and she's like what i'm ready today you got a problem with that I was like, no <laughs> no i do not <laughs> that that makes me so happy especially because i i just became uh an uncle for the second time but to my niece and I'm super excited to show her all these things with strong female, you know, protagonists. Mm -hmm. And it makes me just very, very happy. And also I've been, as I buy her, like sci uh, female science-oriented books to read and other things like that, uh, my three-year-old nephew picks them up and loves them even mm -hmm. more. So it's, it's, it's a great time. I think that we're living in. Plus, we get we're going to be getting one new Star Wars movie a year. Yeah. From now into perpetuity. Uh, to quote one of my other loves, "How lucky we are to be alive right now." From Hamilton. Yeah. Um. I I know I'm going to love Hamilton. I've just I've stayed away from the soundtrack. Uh, but it's uh, so because good. Because I just I want to see. Okay, so I it is. My... It's amazing in person. It's amazing. Um, but you know, I was so familiar with the soundtrack from listening to it over and over and over and over and over that I <laughs> I, I just I loved it even more. And the the soundtrack is you know pretty much the entire show because it's kind of like an opera. It's just sun. Um, so you're not you okay. know it's it's not just 
songs. It's the plot. It's it's pretty much everything because, I mean, the soundtrack takes over two hours to listen to. Um, oh, wow. Um, but I saw it last month um, over Free Comic Book Day weekend, and I put all the pictures up on my Tumblr. I got to go backstage, and I met the cast, and oh, it was so crazy. <gasps> I met Lynn, and I met Leslie, and oh, I almost peed my pants. I was that... so excited. <laughs> That sounds awesome. Okay, so I, I'll I'll pick up the soundtrack. Yes. Yeah, definitely oh, got to pick okay. up the soundtrack. And they're going to be broadcast, uh, not broadcasting, but they're going to be filming it for PBS um, with the original yes. cast because three of the original cast members are leaving when their contracts are up on July 9th. So yeah. now you know it's the you know everyone's now missed their chance to see it with Lynn, Leslie, and Philippa, which are like the three main characters. Yeah. Um, if David Deeks well, I, leaves, like that's that's it. I'm done. <laughs> it's oh, like because no. he's so perfect in his role. And I think the first opportunity I'm gonna get is when it the traveling <laughs> company when it comes to Los Angeles. I think in December. <laughs> So, and I, I, usually the traveling company is very different from the Broadway. Oh, I'm sure that they're going to pick people that are, that are good and, you know, do a really great job. But I'm, I'm really lucky that I saw it with pretty much the entire original cast recording, except for King George, who I had their new replacement because he left for something else. He left for a TV show. And then uh, Rory O'Malley from Book of Mormon took over. So I saw... Okay. I saw everybody, you know, that was like the prime principal cast on the day that I went, um, which was a stroke of luck that, you know, I don't even know, like the planets aligned. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> That's so cool. And Book of Mormon is something that I've wanted to see. I Again, um, I've, I, I haven't seen it. I haven't really seen clips. I haven't heard songs. I just know that it's something I would enjoy. But my wife is super hesitant because she thinks that Matt and Trey can only do South Park. And she's like, I hate that style of comedy. And I'm like, this is going to be completely different. It is different. different. It's very different. So, And it's super yeah. enjoyable. It's very smart. It's very weird. But it's not like it's – not, it's not South Park. It is not like alien yeah. probing and fart jokes and <laughs> – not that there's anything there's wrong with There's nothing wrong things. with that, but it's very different. Um, so I have to ask, because you did mention Muppets earlier, mm -hmm. what did you feel about the new show? Because I... I thought it. it was good. You know, I, I have, you know, like a twofold issue with it. I personally thought it was great. Um, but then I also had that issue of like, oh, it's on a, it's on a bad time slot. There isn't that variety aspect that I think that would get my children to engage in it. Like the original Muppet show had. Um, yeah. so that's, that's one of the things that you loved about the original Muppet show is that it was, you know, even, even Muppets tonight to some aspect, you know, there was a guest for that weekend and maybe throw in a couple of little small cameos with that, but there was a guest star and everything revolved around making their life miserable for 20 some minutes. <laughs> Um, and it was just so focused on Piggy and Kermit and relationships and some of this stuff that it's like, that's not what the Muppets is. You're trying to turn this into the office and I, and I get it, but I also think that it's the problem I had. I liked the first, you know, relaunch of the Muppet movie with like Walter and stuff like that, but yeah. 
it didn't live true to that weird cameo mindset that so much of the other Muppet movie stuff is built around. And it didn't have that variety show aspect. Um, yeah. And I think if they had been able to, you know, make another season of the, the new Muppet show, they were going to change up the formula to be more of a variety show again. And I think that would have saved it. Yeah. Um, and I also think, you know, the second that they opened that door, they, they would have been shocked at how many celebrities and musicians were like, I want to be on the Muppet show. I want to like, ser- call me, call me. I want to be on the Muppet show, please, please. Um, yeah. And they, they had the cameos, but it wasn't, it wasn't in the aspect to which you're talking. Yeah. They, they, and some of them were yeah. in context. It's like, um, so I just, I, I think that with some tweaking, it could have really worked. Um, even with the more adult humor in it kind of mixed in because it was subtle, you know, um, yeah. you know, there were jokes that would definitely have gone over my kid's head that I got, you know, like Fozzie calling himself a bear on online dating and being like, that did not work. Um, <laughs> um, no, I got that joke. My five-year-old's not going to get that joke. She's gonna be like, he's a bear. <laughs> That's why it's funny. <laughs> yeah, okay. So yeah. I think they should have let it go for one more season to see if they could have played around with it. Because what that's that's a huge problem with shows right now is that they're canceled after one or two seasons when most shows don't get good until season three. Yeah, they really don't hit their yeah, stride like, until Have you gone three. back and watched the first two seasons of Buffy the Vampire Slayer? It's not good. <laughs> well, I, okay, I will agree with you the first season, but the second season, the second half of the second season is with Angelus, I thought was... Well, it's it's good, but then it's like that first, like, getting into the stride of that. Yeah, and then third season, it, it just Yeah, because off. the third season is like, that's, if I, if I sit down to rewatch it while I'm working, that's where I start. <laughs> it's, it's like, okay. I'll just pull out season three from the box set, and... And there's so many shows that are like that. And it's like, oh, let's skip season one where everybody's hair is weird. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and also, like, I usually don't, even if I think I'll be interested in a show, I won't pick it up until the third mm-hmm. or fourth season. Because I don't know if it's going to be around and worth my yep. investment. And I've talked about this on the podcast before. I am such a fan of the way the BBC does things like, look, we will, how how many episodes or how many seasons do you need to tell your story? Okay. You need four seasons of 12 episodes. You got it. Tell your story, you know? And I, I think that's why we're missing out on such great television Mm -hmm. these days. And even then, if something is complete and a network is like, no, it's successful, so stretch it out. It's like, but we're done. And I was like, no, think of something else. And that's where stuff starts to get so weird. Yes. Um, A.K.A. Yes. Lost. Oh, <laughs> so I don't even, like, my husband and I don't talk to each other about the last episode of Lost. It was such a, a disappointment yeah. in our household. <laughs> it was like, I think my husband was like... If you asked him, like, what's the lowest point in your marriage? You'd be like, that night we watched the last episode of Lost. <laughs> it's where we really contemplated 
the rest it's of like i think we both looked at each other going well that was a waste of a few good years <laughs> <laughs> so um what is one thing that you're into that other people might find surprising um hmm <laughs> i don't know um <laughs> play golf <laughs> that, there um, you go. not as much anymore i think the the one thing that most people are super surprised i play scrabble a lot um i used to be in a scrabble league <laughs> that's um, awesome <laughs> and not so much anymore because i have kids and stuff but that's um i actually i was playing words with friends against a bunch of people back when it first came out and i was like this is amazing and then i kept getting accused of cheating <laughs> And then yeah. I had this moment of like, oh my god, I either have to say I'm a cheater or I have to let it come out that I have Scrabble trophies. Oh god. <laughs> it's like, I don't know if the world is prepared to see my Scrabble trophies. <laughs> no, and See, I'm, I'm the same way. I'm the person that knows ZA, XI, XU, those are words. Now, don't get mad at me because I know these things. It's like, the two-letter words are important, guys. Come on. Yeah. What do you mean? Yeah. And espe- especially when you can like throw one down on a uh, triple mm-hmm. letter and then in, in like two directions and then people are like, mm-hmm. I'm done. I'm not even playing with you. But anymore. it's, you know, as I grew up, my mom is a big Scrabble player and she would play us every single Friday night. And it took me until I was in my 20s to beat my own mother at Scrabble. And um, <laughs> my mom, back when she was a teacher, would line herself up at one end of the board and she would play her entire class. She'd line them up on the other end of the board and then play the class at Scrabble versus just her. And if they beat her, they wouldn't have to take the final exam. (laughs) And in years of her doing this, no one ever beat her. (laughs) And I actually, it's so funny um, because talking about this with my mom years later, I was like, you put them at a severe disadvantage because the kid can't just sit there and look at the board. And she's like, yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) It's that thing where they think they're getting an advantage, but really you're just like, no. Um, But yeah, Scrabble, I'm a a big fan. Um, I really love old LucasArts adventure games, um, like the Monkey Island games, um, uh, Grim Fandango, uh, puzzle games that really... You know, we're we're fun and weird, and I think that is kind of missing from from gaming today. I think the closest that any anything's come lately is Broken Age, but that's kind of from the old Lucasfilm mindset team. Um, I I have not gamed in forever. Uh, the yeah, I don't play a lot of video games. My husband does. Um, and I just look at him and I was like, I am self-employed and I have two kids. When am, when am I going to do this? <laughs> it's like, I, I got nothing. <laughs> it's, you can you can pay attention to family, get your work done, sleep, or play video I think, games. Uh, like, I just, uh, he, it's like the second he comes home from work and like he's got a 15-minute window before we go pick up the kids from school. He's like He plays three seconds of Overwatch, which is whatever the new game that he's <laughs> obsessed with is. And then he's like, okay. Okay, now we can get the kids. <laughs> He's like, "Can I play this while you make dinner?" <laughs> no. <laughs> Engage with your children. <laughs> no, um, my my wife has mentioned that to me as well because uh, 
I actually got into the field test for Pokemon Go. <laughs> and so we were taking our dogs for a walk. And the entire time we're walking and I'm conversing, but my face is in my phone. <laughs> and that's when I was like, okay, whenever we walk the dogs, I'm not bringing the cell phone with mm-hmm. me anymore. So that's the new rule. It's oh, a hard rule. No, but we only we only walk for a half hour to an yeah, hour. Yeah, that's um, I so. I walk by myself with like I have these two crazy pitbull chocolate lab mixes, and they're oh. about a year and a half old now, and I have to take them for a walk every day, whether it's eighty degrees out or negative fifteen, or they are just insane. <laughs> so I put on an audiobook and just walk around. That's that's excellent. Um. Did you get them both yep, together? Yep, they are brothers. Um, they were abandoned together um, when they were really itty, 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 bitty. And I have a very soft heart. And I know that, you know, it's really difficult to train two puppies together. And, of course, yeah. you know, both my husband and my kids looked at me with these puppy dog eyes of like, but they're going to separate them. Oh, my God. And it was like, I guess I work from home. I can take on the commitment of training two dogs separately. <laughs> um, but it's it's worked out really well, and they're they're pretty great. They're just you know very energetic, and yeah, no. they like to eat running yeah. shoes, which is they stay away from the five dollar flip flops, but the seventy five dollar New Balances they have to eat. Um, right. Uh, we. Uh... Veronica and I, my wife, I've, I've said my wife like a million times. I'm like, let's give her a name. Um, we we volunteer for Angel City Pitbulls uh-huh. out here. And then we have a, a, a Pitbull we have is about two years old. Um, and just gorgeous, wonderful dogs. So I we we could gush about our dogs. Well, it's, it's you know, my, my last dog um, was a Border Collie Pointer Mix. And we did this dog, and she was the smartest thing I've ever seen. She was amazing. And, you know, after we lost her, I was like, I'm never getting another dog again. But, of course, a few months later, you're like, I'm getting a puppy. Um, <laughs> there's, there's a void. And then, of course, we bring home these two guys. And I love them. They're adorable. They're so sweet. And they're so gentle with my kids. And they're so, you know, just all around amazing. But they are so dumb. Um, and just, you know, it was very difficult to train them, not because of stubbornness, because they just looked at you like, Hey, um, Boomy, one of them tries to eat bricks on the fireplace. And he, he's like, he's crying because his teeth hurt because he's trying to eat a brick. And then he stops and he's like, Oh, this is better. And then he immediately like leans over to chew on the brick again. I was like, Oh my God, what are you doing? <laughs> and uh, the the trainer that we worked with, he's like, I'm going to show you a really basic kind of dog intelligence test. <laughs> and he put a treat down on the floor and the dogs watched him put this treat down. And then he put a piece of paper towel down over it. <laughs> and he's like, every other dog will pretty much just knock the piece of paper towel away <laughs> and take the treat. They know it's there. They just saw this happen. My dogs bark at the paper towel. <laughs> like it just like it just took it's like you're a wizard what happened to it (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing i think i think uh our three dogs would get along because my dog is very very similar we'll do the 
will throw a towel over her <laughs> and just sit there for like three or four minutes and not move and just be like, why is there a yeah. towel on my head? Where did everybody go? But it's, uh, and then the second, uh, Tenzin, uh, basically hit 50 pounds. He noticed that one of the cats sleeps around my head at night and he was like, I'm going to try and do that. <laughs> so I had, I had to start pushing this dog off of me at night cause he tried to climb onto my pillow with me. And it was like, this is not working for anybody. It's just, yeah. Uh, we also have a 15-pound dachshund chihuahua. A, a chihuahua. And, and the pit bull thinks that it can do the same things as the 15-pound uh, chihuahua. And it's just, it's ridiculous what this dog tries to do. <laughs> Right. Um, if you could have any superpower, what superpower would you have? Uh, I would like to multiply myself and get more stuff done. Um, Ooh, there you go. That's always after I saw him, like that X Man. I was like, him. That's a that is a good power to have. Invisibility <laughs> sucks compared to that one. <laughs> I could do everything. <laughs> I would actually like that even more if I could send one of my multiples to the gym and then I would reap all the gains. Yeah, see, that's fine. I'm, I'm all about that. Like, I'll sit here eating cheesecake, you go to the gym for 12 hours, <laughs> and everything will be fine. <laughs> now, do you have a mantra or a motto that just keeps you focused, keeps you going? Um, I have a little post-it note on my computer monitor that's like what my what my to-do list for every single day, and it's number one, wake up, number two, drink coffee, number three, get shit done. <laughs> it's like that is every single day. I have to like that is like that's what I see when I go sit at my desk. And it's the reminder of, like, maybe don't spend half an hour on Facebook today. Maybe don't sit down and watch Top Chef. Um, yeah. You, it's like, you are self-employed, lady. you got stuff to do. Um, are you a morning person or a night person? It, I vary. <laughs> um, okay. I was much more of a night person before I had kids. But now that I have kids and I get up at, like, 6 a.m., um, yeah. now it's like, oh, it's – eight o'clock and none of the stores are open yet because apparently <laughs> this doesn't revolve around my schedule. Um, Rude. It's like, I would like to go pick up dog food. What do you mean you don't open till 9am? Um, but yeah, it's, you know, I, if I get into a great groove, then I'll work all night. I'll work until, you know, two in the morning um, and then go to sleep and wake up at six again. Um, or I'll decide, you know what? I dressed up, dropped the kids off. I'm going to take an hour long nap. (laughs) Um, no, um, I've, I've had to be similar to you. I've had to be very wary about my social media because I'll get up early in the morning with the intent of getting things done. And then I will just, you know, check headlines or see who's updated what. And then the next thing I know, two hours have gone by and I haven't done a thing and whereas before I wanted to be two hours ahead now I'm two hours Mm -hmm. behind yeah and it's uh it's gotten so weird now that I work more in children's books 
Um, because, you know, comic books, the turnaround time for, for stuff is so fast because it's like, all right, the script is in, you know, three hours later, all right, here are all the script notes. And then, okay, it's proved by the licensor. Everybody start working on it. And that can all happen in the space of 24 hours. And now with, um, like I'm, I'm waiting, I've been waiting for three days for notes on the, the pencils that I just sent in for this other star Wars book. And it was like, I don't know when I'm going to hear back on those and I can't start doing the inks until I hear back on the pencils. So I'm in limbo on that project. And then I'm doing, um, artwork for Munchkin, the, the, the card game company. And it's like, I turned in the pencils for my newest project with them, but I can't start it on the inks until then. So, you know, today, even though it's, I'm supposed to be doing just San Diego stuff of just cutting prints and doing this and doing this, there's a part of me that's like, I don't have a direction of what to do today. Um, yeah. And I'm sure it's the second I get notes back on everything, all of a sudden it's going to be a rush and I'll be slammed. But I'm just I'm not used to <laughs> kind of lull in a project. So there's a lot of like wandering listlessly through the kitchen, wondering if I should eat some potato chips <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> I wanted to move to a little bit of current mm-hmm. events. And we have a our, our our slogan here is workout nerd out. So what is one thing you did this week to workout nerd out, which is one fitness oriented thing, whether it be take a walk or anything, and then what is one nerd thing you did to feed that passion? Um I have a rule that I am not allowed to watch a TV show during uh my quote unquote working hours. Unless I'm on the elliptical, because <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I—that's a good—I have an elliptical in my office, um, and it's—it's it's more just you know, uh, you know, my my mom bought it for me, and I was like, all right, and because my mom is very fit, my mom is like a seventy-year-old that teaches Zumba, and she's like, you live a very you know, <laughs> docile lifestyle. <laughs> You're a cartoonist. You sit at a desk all day. And so I set up this rule that it's like, if I want to watch Top Chef or I want to catch up on this TV show or I want to, you know, just zone out for a while, I have to be on the elliptical, (laughs) Um, which is kind of this this great rule because, you know, normally I don't uh, watch a lot of TV (laughs) and every once in a while I get kind of caught up in a show and I know that it's it's a stupid show or it's terrible to watch. But it was like, but if I turn it into something productive, then I can watch some <laughs> crappy TV today. There you go. I, I do the same thing. I I don't allow myself to play mobile games on my phone unless I'm doing some sort of physical activity while doing <laughs> it. Now, what's the nerdy thing you did? What is something you did to keep up your nerd passion which i guess you working every day to cartoon and draw and write is nerdy but i did have i had a moment of weakness uh the other day because i've been i've been really holding off i love legos i love legos yeah um and it's a it's a thing and i try not to buy them because i know then i spend like two or three hours putting together a lego set instead of working but it's a it's a de-stressor you know and I was wandering through Target on like one of those days of like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing today. I'm just going to go to Target. And it's like, oh, look, they finally have the Poe Dameron X-Wing in stock. <laughs> that slot's been empty for a few weeks. Well, I guess I could buy it. 
So now it's sitting in the middle of my office. <laughs> nice. Come, it, it's sitting in a it's, box. It's or in completed? the box, and there's a post-it note on it that says, "I can't put it together until after the new Star Wars book is done." Um, okay. Because I actually, I still, I still have the sea cow from the Lego Movie, which is the giant pirate ship, in the box, sitting in my office, and that was supposed to be after I got. Um, abc 3po done which is the book that came out last week that i got done uh beginning of this year because originally it was supposed to be done last august um but it you know working with disney and and all this new stuff took a little bit of time to to get all the ducks in a row and then by the time I got the book done, I had another project to do. So, like, I was looking at this set, and I was like, never mind. Oh. I don't need to put that together right now. Yeah. I was – I actually, last week, the week before, got the Lego Wally. Oh, that one's a good one. So cute. And – yeah, and it was it was a reward for when I when I accomplished X, I was gonna be like, all right, I can finally buy this and put it together. I I immediately did Amazon one day shipping because I was like, I need this tomorrow. It it got here and then in two hours it was put together, and I was like, well, that was fast. <laughs> I'm like maybe I should just break it and redo it. My daughter does that with her Legos. Like, after she finishes the set, she's like, okay. And then she starts breaking it down. I was like, what are you doing? She's like, now I can put it together again. And I was like, oh, okay. But, it's, but. It's very much like we're the Will Ferrells from no, the Lego movie. I have told my husband, I was like, I took the wrong lesson away from that movie. Because <laughs> down in my office, there are mommy's toys which we do not play with <laughs> and you know it's like i have you know lightsaber replicas that cost hundreds of dollars <laughs> and was like no i am not taking that out of the display case no yeah. you may not use that for whatever costume you are trying to put together you may have this 15 dollar <laughs> one from target um <laughs> it's okay if 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 we have toys that our kids aren't allowed to use, we're adulting right. <laughs> so it's like oh. they have lots of stuff. I keep telling my daughters, you have lots of your own toys. You don't need mommy's toys. <laughs> I love that. Um, all right, let's talk. Let's talk a little bit more about Katie Can Draw and KatieCanDraw.com. Um, we talked about mm-hmm. Gronk, but you also have Angry Cat. Uh, yeah, it's um. Uh, it's not technically, it's just the, there, a lot of people call them the angry cat books. Um, I had, mm-hmm. uh, two books, um, that I had done called FU box and ABCDEFU, um, several years ago that were just little like ash can books. And they were actually purchased by Sterling publishing, which is owned by Barnes and Noble. And they put out a uh, little postcard booklets of them. Um, so I always have those at shows now. Uh, and it's so funny because there's so many people that own like every iteration of that book because there's the version that I printed off at home, <laughs> like yeah. like on my printer at home when it was just a little ash can zine. And then there's people when I actually was like, I'm going to invest $100 in this and printed it at Kinko's. Uh, people own that one. <laughs> 
And then uh, now people are picking up the the color version <laughs> that's put out by Barnes and Noble. Um, so it's they're very angry cats based upon my very upset cat. She's an old lady. And I'm assuming they are not. Horrible. They are not. It's pretty much the only thing that I do that is like ah uh, maybe don't let your kid read that thing with the giant swear word on the cover. Just just a heads up, lady. Yeah right. Well, I was looking at your at your homepage, and you've got some some Hamilton. I do. Stuff. Or no, I'm sorry, Thomas. Uh, yeah, that's um, yeah, that's <laughs> it's okay. It's 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 so funny because it's like, oh, I finally have a thing that I'm a, like a weird fan of. I get it now. Um, and it was like I drew a fan art for a thing that I don't work on. <laughs> I, drew Ham- I drew Hamilton fan. I drew fan art of a musical, um, which that my husband awesome. will never let me live down. Um. <laughs> nor should he, but nor should you let him. So it's fine. We're all fine. Uh, it's great. Are you at all familiar working on My Little Ponies with the Brony culture? Very much so. <laughs> okay. Uh, because I noticed when I was in line to have you sign um, a copy of one of your one of your issues, I was the only dude in line, <laughs> and I don't know if maybe they came at a different time. Well, it's it's very varied, um, but you know the the majority of the the MLP books that I sign are for adults, um, and I think part of that is that you know little kids don't necessarily come to conventions all the time i mean they're there but they're there with their parents um and you know just it's it's 99 percent of the brony fandom is amazing and they're very kind and they're very generous and they're very sweet but it's the one percent you remember that are completely weirdo douchebags (laughs) and and i i mean i can see that I, I hope I'm in the 99%, <laughs> and I think this is the first time I've admitted on the podcast that I would consider myself a brony, but I was just like, the writing is so good, and it's bright and colorful and cheerful. Like, we all need more of that in our lives. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, I, I tell everybody, it's like, don't have any shame that you like a thing, you know? It's like, you like My Little Pony? Yeah. Fine. You like football? Fine. You like Marvel? Fine. You like DC? We're going to talk about that. But <laughs> not a DC I, fan. I I used to be. I used to be the biggest DC fan, and then everything is everything's very weird right now. DC is in a transition period. I've been telling myself that for six years. <laughs> <laughs> you mean right after their old transition yep. period? <laughs> I I, to, I totally understand that. And uh, me and a buddy of we used to we used to have a question on here. Um, the what is one thing that you're into that others might find surprising? It used to be, what is your nerdy guilty pleasure? And then we realized we don't want people feeling guilty for anything that they <laughs> enjoy. If you enjoy it, live it, love it. Yeah, I tell that you know, because um, I I meet kids all the time, especially teenage boys, and they're like, well, I don't tell people that I'm a brony. I was like, why? You like a thing. This is we are in the prime nerd culture and time of our lives to be able to like a thing. When I was a kid and I was a teenager, I had to hide that I played Magic the Gathering 
you know it's i went home and i played diablo you know on my dial-up computer and i didn't tell people about that and you know the people that knew that i loved comics some of them were friends and if you caught me reading a comic book at school i got made fun of oh my god and now i would have been the coolest kid at school i might have actually had a prom date (laughs) (laughs) it's all right i had two prom dates and neither were great um (laughs) No, but and it's like it's and and I I'm I'm not going to just about your specific um arcs in My Little Pony, there are so many um references mm-hmm. to other things. Yeah. Um in in one of the ones you reference on on the same page, it, Phantom of the Opera, The Shining, Temple of Doom, and I was just like this is why I'm reading this because this is awesome. Yeah, and it's you know with with the pony stuff we try and and write it with layers. So it's like a kid is going to take away something from it and they're not going to understand Pennywise the clown. They're just going to be like, "Ooh, that thing's weird looking." You know, but a kid, you yeah. know, an adult is going to be like, "Oh my god, I think they just made a Stephen King reference." So, um and then and then there was um another issue where the main six are in jail in an alternate universe. And on the wall on the prison in the background is written. Yes. Was here. So was red. (laughs) And I, I was just, I was like, first of all, if there is a kid who has seen Shawshank, we need to have a conversation with their parents. (laughs) Not age appropriate. Um, and I just, I just think that's so great because you can get some quote-unquote adult comics that don't have those layers of complexity. Yeah, it's, it's you know, it's it's an extra level of fun, you know, for, for pretty much everyone. And, you know, as someone – I work in all-ages books. And as someone who also has kids, it drives me absolutely insane when I have to, you know I, – I mean, I love teaching my daughter to read. It's also very frustrating because the books are like – here is the fluffy bunny tea party. Oh no, someone forgot to bring the cookies. However, will we get cook and it's when a children's book is like that and it's so boring and it's it's very we, I call it the la la loopsie complex because that is the most irritating blase children's show on the market right now. And <laughs> You know, I, I really love it when there's adventure and action and comedy and weird stuff because that's intriguing to kids and that makes it intriguing to the adult as well. And then when you layer in something like a, a Shawshank reference or um, a Quantum Leap reference, there's those. You know, there's yeah. something that, you know, someone my age is going to be like, did that pony just say, why haven't I leaped? <laughs> and and in a few instances it has led to kids you know like asking their parents like well what's that and he's like well let me show you to netflix yeah no right no there's an entire a, entire issue um where discord uh the dragon type thing has a has a, essentially a tardis <laughs> and it's a giant doctor who reference he's even wearing a fez um, we can get into the problems with Matt Smith later, <laughs> but that's fine. <laughs> but I was like, I look forward to showing my kids someday that, and so they can be like, well, what does this mean? I'll be like, oh, well, let's go watch, you know, 400 episodes of Doctor <laughs> Who. 
Well, it's that, and it's um the uh the two issue arc with um how Shining Armor and Cadence meet is basically a Dungeons and Dragons game. Um, oh yeah, uh, I was I was like I relate mm-hmm. to this. This was me in mm-hmm. high school. And you know, a lot of people are like, "Well, why'd you do that?" And I was like, "Because I spent a decade playing D and D with the same people. <laughs> what do you want from me?" Um, that's that's so great, and and I love now that we can just have this conversation and own it, and the people who would hate on that is so smart. yeah, and it's like but I've said it numerous times, nerds have they won. did win, um, and it's like I said, it's so funny because now it's um you know like people that i went to to school with back when i was a teenager friending me on facebook and they're like oh you turned out so cool and i was like i was cool before bitch (laughs) no it's it's i've always been this way it's you just revised your definition of (laughs) like i (laughs) no yes i will sign your daughter's my little pony comic but you are going to now pay me five dollars to do it because you were mean to me Oh, God, that's hilarious. I can't wait until I can do that to people who beat me up in high school. No. Um, I did have one question, though. Um, you do some of your own user-created mm-hmm. stuff, and then, obviously, um, you adapted some stuff for My Little Ponies. Is there a difference in that? Is there a different way you approach it? Uh, there is, because, you know, when you're when you're looking at a licensed character, it's already an established brand, and it's a, an established set of characters, and those characters already have a very specific voice and uh, a very specific way that they act. So I can't just, you know, go all willy-nilly and, you know, write whatever I want. I have to, you know, put things in the context of how the characters would react to things on the show. You know, so, you know, in in some ways it's a very interesting way to to have to relearn how to write because when I'm doing my own stuff, it's like free for all, whatever I want. Yeah. It's like I made up this character, so if I want to give them a weird dynamic personality shift i can write that in and now it's like no this is this is how twilight reacts to things this is how applejack reacts to things um and you know it's 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 been a fun learning experience for me to to then work with um other licensed characters you know uh for other brands because you know it's so funny because i was working on fraggle rock um beforehand and just doing you know uh, single issues here and there. And My Little Pony is the first comic arc I ever wrote, issues one through four. Um, it was the first time where someone came to me and said, hey, you're you're funny on Twitter. Um, <laughs> have a book. And I was like, I don't know what to do with a book. And they were like, figure it out. Um, and I think it's because back when we started the My Little Pony comics, no one thought it was going to be around for very long. <laughs> Um, I thought yeah. they were, they probably thought, well, we're going to get four issues out of it. We'll have a complete arc. It won't sell well, but then we'll have a book to sell to little girls. And I didn't approach it that way. <laughs> I approached it as a four part epic adventure with, you know, changelings and, and weird identity stuff and an evil queen that sucked out souls and, um, <laughs> and- it's like, first of all, if you tell anybody that, 
they're like, oh, that sounds actually like a really cool story. And then you just have to be like, oh, yeah, and everybody's yeah, a pony. Yeah, it's like, and there's ponies in it. Yeah. I, I keep trying to uh, get a few guys in my fantasy football league to check out the TV show. And I've worn down <laughs> one. One is going to start watching the TV oh, show. Oh, my brother's a big brony. My older brother. Uh, he loves it. He's the one who originally was like, are you watching the new My Little Pony show? And I was like, no, because I'm an adult. Um, <laughs> and I watched it on his recommendation. And then I had tweeted out, hey, I really like the new uh, My Little Pony show. And the editor at IDW, Bobby, emailed me. And he was like, hey, you like My Little Pony? We just got the license. Want to write it? <laughs> that's, that's really cool. And like, how, how fast did that happen? You watched like a couple episodes? Like, Was that like within yeah. a week? Or, that's cool. Um, and I tell everybody, it's that easy to break into comics. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Luck is preparation meets opportunity. And it's, um, I think it, it didn't hurt that, you know, I, I try and be really, you know, approachable and nice. And I get my work done. And I think I have a really great reputation of always meeting my deadlines. Um, because when I first started out in comics... Uh, I also had a design job and the first big project I had, I was like two weeks late on it and it was only what, 10 pages. It was for dark horse presents and I always felt bad. And I got such a chewing out from the editor. He was like, I can't believe you're late on this. I can't believe that you're late on this. And it's, I, that stuck with me, you know, years and yeah. years and years later, because, you know, I, I had explained, it was like, I also have this day job and then it was like, wait a minute, that's all on me. I should have done my time better to make sure that I was going to get this done, you know, within the, the, the confines of the, of the deadline. So ever since that day, which was over a decade ago, I haven't missed a deadline. Or if I, if I know I'm going to be late on it, I call, I don't email, I call and say, I need eight more hours. Um, but I tell everybody when they're like, well, sometimes it's, it's impossible to, you know, to not get this done. And I was like, listen, I went into labor with my first kid and I finished my project. <laughs> and then I came home from having a baby and I turned in a full issue of Fraggle Rock. <laughs> <laughs> I sat in my kitchen with my newborn and drew an issue and then with, you know, with, with my second kid, um, I, I had her five weeks early. Um, like it was, I went into a doctor's appointment and they were like, by the way, you're having a baby today. And I was like, what? That is, that is, I don't want to do that. And it was this big emergency and it was, you know, this like God awful thing. And I took a cover to draw with me in the hospital while they induced labor. <laughs> <laughs> dedication that's i think i think you definitely need to put that as a highlight on your cv dedicated will yeah. get shit done. and then like they they hopped me up on all of this medication and when i was like i don't think i can draw i was like i got on the phone <laughs> with the editor and i was like i don't think this is gonna get done today and he was like well when do you think you're gonna have it done <laughs> like had a doctor in the room going when am i having the baby it's like and he's like oh my god are you having the baby and i was like yeah oh i would have loved to have been a fly on the wall for that conversation like, they 
say it's going to be within 72 hours. I can get it done by Friday, probably. And they're like, no, you're not going to get it done by Friday. You're going to be, like, here in the hospital for, like, five days. And I was like, oh, how's Monday? Mm. <laughs> Monday's fine, Katie. I was like, okay. That's excellent. And I – that I, – I, I can't go anywhere with that. That's well, just beautiful. I think every if everyone could be that – you know um cognizant of their word <laughs> well it's that and it's you know my husband compares it to he's like well that's the modern day equivalent of having the baby and going back out into the field to work <laughs> yeah right yeah so um what i loved about meeting you is a you had you had a pretty long line but you spent a decent amount of time with every person that came up to your booth yeah it's, that's i think that's that's part of it is you know it's you know if somebody really wants you to sign their book i think that everybody should be able to have a conversation um it drives me nuts you know especially as someone who's a nerd myself when i stand for 40 minutes to get a book signed and they sign it and then they slam the book down and then they're like okay next it's like but <laughs> I wanted yeah. to tell you how much I liked that issue. Okay. <laughs> um, so if, if somebody wants to engage with me and have a talk, I, I'm, I want to, you know, um, I'm a talker. You know? <laughs> so I, uh, I want to talk about the things that I like. I want to talk about nerd things. Um, yeah. So that's a, it's a, I think it's a very big part of, of going to conventions is being able to have a conversation with somebody um, especially with, with kids, um, you know, I, I have seen creators and I will not name names blow off kids because they don't have any money. And it, oh, I have, I have a shit list of creators that I hate <laughs> because I have seen them be rude to children. Um, and I, I won't lie. Some kids are rude. So if, if the kid is rude, you're allowed to be rude. But if a kid comes up to you and he's like, I really like your book. You engage with that kid. You do whatever it takes to draw everything out of that kid about what they love. Um, because you never know. That conversation might change that kid's life. Um, uh, ab absolutely. And I think there's something to be said when you realize that the people you admire are worthy of your admiration. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've met a couple people that – luckily this happened as an adult – that I had admired and then all I want to do is go up and pay you a compliment on something you've done. And if you're going to be rude to me about that or whatever, then unfortunately, A, I, like, my day is kind of, like, down in the dumps because I realized that this person I admired isn't worth it. <laughs> yeah, um, and, and everybody has bad days. I always try and give people two chances. Yes. You know, it's because sometimes they're on their way to a panel or they've just really, really had a bad day. But it's, you know, it's I, sometimes I've sat next to the same people at shows or I've seen them behind behind the scenes at shows and I just hear them complaining and they're like, oh, well, you know, there was this 15 year old that tried coming back like five times, but he didn't buy anything. And it was like, because he's 15. Um <laughs> child labor laws man he has no money um and it's like but if he came back five times he obviously wanted to talk to you about something 
And, you know, especially at that age or, you know, even younger, it can take up so much energy and effort on their part to work up the nerve to talk to to somebody that that they like or admire or, you know, and, you know, to us, it's just comic books. You know, for me, it's like, yeah, I made an issue of My Little Pony. But to a little kid, you know, they bought that book at a store and that all of a sudden puts it on this pedestal of like somebody amazing made this book because you can buy it in a store. And, you know, so there is this there's this weird, you know, hero thing of like, oh, well, she's written all seven of these books that I have. Um, And I will never, ever, 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 ever disparage a child who you know is like can you sign all my books and of course sometimes the parents like oh just pick one i was like no i will sign all of those books and in every single one i'm gonna ask you what's your favorite part what's your who's your favorite pony and i will you know if the kid is shy i will do everything i can to draw something out of them because i want them to remember that they wanted my book signed because you know that's amazing to me I get to sign a book for a kid and that kid has something that they're going to remember me when they're in, you know, 10 years older than me. Like, oh, you remember when I had Katie sign my book? Okay. Yeah. It's time to donate it now. I don't like my little pony anymore, but that was nice that she signed it. (laughs) And I saw you do that for the, the child who was in line in your line ahead of me. And I was like, that's awesome. So So you're awesome. Don't lose it. Well, it's, you know, I have kids. You know, and I and I love it when there's creators that my kid, like my oldest, enjoys that are amazing to them. You know. Yeah. So I have taken up uh, over an hour of your time. So in the interest of wrapping <laughs> up, do you have a go-to resource or app or something that helps you stay connected with anything you're nerdy about or anything that helps you? Um, draw or write or Um, anything like that i'm a big twitter person um because then it's like all right here are my friends that i follow i may figure out what is going on in their life today in 140 characters there's very (laughs) little effort required on my part Um, and then i know everything that happened that day um and you know like instagram i love because i get to follow all these people that i think draw better than me uh but other than that, it's just it's the regular social media stuff. You know, I, I love social media. Um, I hate selfies, but I love social media. So there's kind of a give and take. And where can people find you? On uh, Katie media? can draw on all of them. That's Twitter and Instagram and Tumblr and my WordPress blog and DeviantArt and just all of all the stuff. Okay, excellent. I will include links to all of that in the mm-hmm. show notes, so hopefully you get a few more followers. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you said the Honolulu and San Diego mm-hmm. Comic-Con. Is there anything else coming up where people uh, Yeah, uh, can I'll be at you? Boston Comic-Con. I will be at Palm Springs Comic-Con. Oh, in November? Uh, no. Is no, it, it's the... Are you going to Palm Springs Comic-Con or Comic-Con Oh, yeah, Con, it's Palm the Springs? August one. Okay. Um, because then I am in baltimore and then cincinnati and then i think i have another one in september and then i am in new york comic-con and then i think i'm in tulsa and i think that's it for the year okay um after the palm springs one in august i am surprising my kids by taking them to disneyland they have no idea 
That's fun. So, I love Disneyland. So I do too. Yeah. Uh, and to cap things off, what parting advice do you have for everyone out there listening to the podcast? Uh, just keep doing what you're doing. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't have like specific life advice other than, you know, like That's keep fine. cheese rinds to make soup. Um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the best parting advice. <laughs> it's definitely the most practical. It's a, it's a thing I didn't learn until I was in my 20s, and it's one of the most useful things ever. So there you go. <laughs> Don't throw out your Parmesan rinds, guys. That, that's wonderful. And we're going to leave it there. All right. Katie, thank you so much for being oh, on thank the podcast you. today. Oh, um, you are absolutely welcome. Everyone out there listening, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed listening to it as I did being a part of it because it was wonderful. Um, and to everyone out there, just work out, nerd out. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you for listening to the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast. Please leave us a review on iTunes as well as a rating. We would definitely appreciate it. And while you're at it, follow us on all social media at Dumbbells Dragon. That includes Pinterest, Tumblr, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Periscope, and Snapchat. Until next time, work out, nerd out.